When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Oh, and welcome to the live stream edition of the John Com Report. I am joined by the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. We're going to get into a lot of your questions, your thoughts, concerns, remaining concerns. But let's get started with this, Bram. It sounds like you have playoff fever. <laughs> I do. Uh, I think it's possible, obviously. Um, it's funny, like, look, like there's one time in the history of the NFC East that the Eagles, Cowboys, and Washington all made the playoffs at the same time. Two of those teams feel, locks is the wrong way to put it, but I got a hard time buying that Philadelphia is not making it, and I got a right. harder time buying, you know, that Dallas won't either right now after what they right. did. So that leaves Washington and these games in the next three weeks are huge because if they beat Atlanta, that kind of puts them behind the eight ball against them for what would be a final wild card spot. Then they get two games with the Giants. will have a chance to leapfrog them. So the next three weeks are, well, if you told me in the summer that these were going to be three enormous weeks, I never would have believed it, but they really are. And so, you know, their destiny is in front of them. And I'm trying not to get too far ahead of it, but the idea of having Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia, all in the playoffs together is like dream come true for me to see that happen. Oh, could you imagine if that last game of the year comes down to a, a playoff spot? I think you're right about Dallas. It could be, though, that this team needs to win to make the playoffs with that last game. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, for as a reporter, for the fans, maybe it's a little bit more anxiety than they want. But think about that. It would be great to come down to that. Yeah, it would be fun. Uh, you know, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but, but you know, like, it is hard not to get pumped up in the ride. And it was funny, like I watched Rivera do his press conference the other day after the game and he's pulling out shoes and he's talking about the hugs and flowers he's getting at gas stations and he's feeling a little bit of love and he loosened up. He doesn't loosen up a lot and he loosened up and I think he's trying to enjoy the ride too, but there is a long way to go. They are just six and five. They lose this weekend to Atlanta. It's going to be a problem, you know, to end up in the playoffs. So this is a big game this weekend at FedEx Field and I am really hoping that we're going to see I think the energy has changed through the year and i think based on what's happened especially the last few weeks i really feel like um you know that we're gonna see i hope a lot of people are home this weekend there's a lot of momentum going there's nothing not to like about heineke i'm really hoping that the crowd shows out you know and i, I assume we're not going to get a giant falcons contingent here so i'm really hoping we get a nice crowd this weekend i think that's what last week was very big for is too because if you would if they had gone to Philly and you win that game you come back and you lay an egg against Tex the Texans then it's like well what did that win mean well they went out and handled their business very well and I think that's to be honest I think that's one of the reasons why um, why Rivera was so excited or, or so in such a good mood yesterday is because the way they handled their business during the week last week and especially after the whole you know, the dancing and singing in the locker room. And I think that, I don't think that he was trying to be like, you shouldn't have done that. It's now like, okay, you've experienced this. 
Now you need to act like you have been there before because now you have. Now you've beaten a, a big team, a, a good team, and you've done something that others say you can do. Now you need to behave a certain way and handle your business. And during the week they did. And I think that that's what really, if you're a coach and you have a team that handles your business because the leaders you have, it really jacks you up. And I think that's what he was, I think that's what he was um, uh, uh, feeling uh, yesterday. So, you know. Part of the leadership too part that's really encouraging for me is um, the two people that they gave the most money to who they drafted over the last two years are the ones standing up in the locker room and standing up for the chemistry of the team and saying, we're not going to be punching bags. And there's John Allen after they hold a team to five yards in the first half saying, we didn't do enough today. So they are getting leadership from the people they need to get leadership from and don't undersell that. There are a lot of players that are the highest paid players, heartbeat of the team, so-called leaders that don't either command that in a locker room or don't do that at all. And they just let their talent, you know, speak their piece for them. McLaurin and Allen are standing up and taking responsibility for it to me is an extraordinarily encouraging thing about them too. Absolutely. And as Blaine Bowling points out here, focus and discipline wins games in a tight NFC race. And because there's so much parity in this league, that look at the things that decide games. And to me, a big part of this streak, there's so much focus on Taylor Heineke, and that's fine. It's a quarterback position. We all get that. But the special teams have been really good. They, they're they not turning the ball over. They're causing takeaways, and they're not committing as many penalties. All those things add up, and I do think it's a big reason. They're not, you know, the other, they're not starting in second and 20 like they were a lot too often against good teams earlier in the year. That stuff adds up. That matters. And so I think that does come back to focus and discipline. And it's funny because I did ask Rivera about that uh, the other day. And he's like, listen, that's how his teams have always been. But early in the year, it's not how they were. And it did cost them in some key moments. So that's yeah. but so I, that's what, that's the thing, Brandon. I was going to ask you, and I, I joked about the playoff fever to start because Bram's playing hurt tonight, not feeling well. So kudos to him, little hat tip. So that's why I joked about playoff fever. But I do wonder, is it is it safe to believe in this team? Did you know Google makes a phone? Sure, it's beautiful, but it does things other phones can't do, which is how it helps take annoying items out of pictures. Introducing our newest Google Pixel phones. Switch now. Get Pixel 7 or Pixel 7 Pro for free with qualifying trade-in. In this family, it's the scientists versus the artists. What kind of movie are we going to make? Hundred dollars for a hobby? It's not a hobby, Dad. You dismiss what he does. It's playful or imaginative. Family art. It'll tear you in two. I don't want to disappoint you. You do what your heart says you have to. The Fablemans, rated PG-13, in theaters everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... Safe to believe that the building blocks have turned a corner in a way that's really positive. Safe to believe they're going to get to the postseason? No, I don't believe that yet. I am hopeful, and I see what I feel like are the makings of the intangibles that look like a playoff team. And I'm hoping they get there. But, you know, as you know, things change. It's a long season. And, you know, the reality is, like, last year at this time, they were heading towards this way as well. And then they had a terrible thing happen to their team, and it kind of blew up their chances so you don't know week to week what's going to happen. And so I don't want to get ahead of myself. And they got to play the games. Frankly, like Atlanta looked like they were going to be a really bad team to start the season. And they aren't. And I'm not going to talk a lot about them because I haven't really watched them. But they're competitive every single week that they play. And they do have playmakers. 
Um, and then they're going to play the Giants, who I think might be the surprise of the NFL with the record that they have. And the record that they have is the record that they have. So I'm not going to dismiss it. So I really think, you know, these next three weeks are going to be really, really, really interesting for them and see if they can get through with at least two wins. And then we could start really talking about with three and four at home to end the season, a run to try to get to the playoffs. The unfortunate part for them is obviously what Philadelphia has done so far. They've got too much in the bank. Like there's no catching them for the division. So the route here is just a wild card, which means they got to leapfrog at least one of these two teams. It feels like the most likely one is the Giants, but we'll see. Well, and then you're also throwing in there San Francisco or Seattle. One of those teams is going to win the NFC West. Yeah. Who is the other team that if San Francisco wins it, can they pass Seattle? I think Seattle's schedule, they have two more games against the Rams. The Rams are not playing well. They're, they're yeah. what, three and seven, I think. So, and you know, and they have the Vegas, I think, this week. So that one might be a tough one, but, you know, we'll see. But that's, I think, so those are the other two teams in this equation. Again, one of those will win it. So, there's really a couple teams that are really, I think, fighting for that spot. If Washington don't, don't discount Detroit, Atlanta. they beat Washington and the Giants. True. Don't discount Detroit. Like in the in the way that you you know said like the Rams would be like, it's go look at their schedule down the stretch. Like yeah. there looks to be like winnable games again for them, and that loss to them in week two could come back to really haunt them or the Giants. Honestly, yes. at the end of the year, oh, yeah. that's a good point. Who would have thought that one? Right. You know. Right. Yeah. But why do why why do you think it has turned so well? Um, I think Rivera read the room because he had to, that they are energized by what Heineke brings. Um, I don't need to, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn here. I've loved this guy from day one. I think he's a gamer. I think he's a player. I don't think you can quantify what he does on the field. Um, I, he obviously knows this offense really, really, really well. Um, and he obviously is someone that is humble in the locker room and knows his role. And his role has been um, to lead when they need him. He again last week, I know they talked about all this stuff that was left on the field. And I agree, like in the red zone, but he made three or four unbelievable throws again, twice with people literally in his face, dimes on the spot to McLaurin, Logan Thomas. He knows where the ball needs to go. He's not making a ton of mistakes. And I think he just kind of owns the energy of the locker room. And then secondarily, look, their defensive line is ridiculously good right now. Their defensive line embarrassed Houston's offensive line. NFL, I know that they, you know, that that team is struggling, but this is the NFL. That guy that John Allen bulldozed was the first guard taken and was a first round pick. Like, Laramie Tunsil is a Pro Bowl tackle. They ran by him a million times. Montez Sweat had, could have had three sacks. Like, they are playing at the level we had all hoped, you know, when they drafted them in this order. And that, to me, is the main reason. I think Derek Force called them, I got four lions in front of me. It sounds about right. Every play looks like it might get blown up. It's, it's truly amazing. And I'm going to, I'm going to play off that one too. And by the way, I did have Logan Paulson on the podcast earlier today. That video will be out on YouTube tomorrow morning, but we did talk a lot about some of those plays you're talking about with Heineke and why would, why he's making those plays because of familiarity, familiarity with the players and the system. And that stuff makes a difference because a couple of those, he was hit right away but the ball's out because of that. But I want to go back to the D-line because I really like how the coverage has been playing 
And the other day, some of those sacks, when you're running some of those stunts and two of those sweat sacks were off stunts, and one was because he chased he chased down Mills and just really good pursuit by 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 sweat and stick toitiveness, if that's a word. So you go back to the coverage, and I really like what they're doing there. They're playing, you're seeing different coverages mixing it up because these guys understand what they're supposed to be doing. And that was something that where I think William Jackson absolutely held them back. But now you're seeing it with the corners, like they're playing, you know, uh, too high man under coverage. They understand where they need to be underneath the receiver. You got your help behind you. But the other thing they've been doing, Brad, like all those three safety looks, and I'm going to get to someone asked this question. So I'm going to get to this right now. Um, The three safety looks and McCain down the slot. But the other thing they've been adding in the last two games are the four safety looks. So you get Percy Butler and Derek Forrest back there. You're moving Cam Curl up in a linebacker role and you McCain in the slot. And it's just, they have so much versatility that they're tapping into it. And when, when Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator, one thing I loved about what he did is he would maximize the talent he had on the roster. I think they're doing that with this team. Now, superstar 0927 asked me, any insight on how the defensive staff decided on using McCain as a slot corner any reasons it took so long. Yeah. I mean, you can't just do it. You have to have guys who can then play safety. If Derek Forrest isn't, isn't ascending, you can't play that. And then early in the year, Cam Krill wasn't on the field. So, and so, and then I think they certainly tried there. First of then they also had St. Juice was playing the slot because he had Jackson and Fuller on the outside. So there wasn't, they, the need came and they filled it like this, but it was because Forrest ascended you know, Curl was healthy. Then Jackson gets hurt, and you see what St. Juice is doing on the outside, and that's how it goes. Or that's how it led to them using McCain there. But I love what McCain has done. Now, there was there was one play that he gave up the other day, I think on a third down. He gave an 11-yard catch. It looked like he was going for the ball. It could have gone for the man. Could have gotten the stop. All right, and he missed the tackle. By and large, that guy gets up there and sticks his nose in there. And Logan and I talked about one play where he taken on the lead back. He's a, he's a small guy. But he plays physical and he plays quick. And I think it, like I love watching their coverages, Brand, because they do some different things. They do some different things with Cam Curl chasing down the middle, almost like in a Tampa two, where a linebacker would be in that role. Now it's Cam Curl. The speed helps. So there's just a lot of things that then helps the coverage. So it's working hand in hand. There, that's my this, long, that's my long ramp there. Sorry. Uh, this guy, why is it Heineke a team captain? I'll ask the. <laughs> I think we're a little too soon for that one. Um, St. Jude's going to be a good cornerback. He is he, a good cornerback. He already is. He already is. You know, I think if they were not thin at the position, I think he would have been starting on the outside earlier this season. So yeah. he already is. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the go-to betting place for NFL this holiday season. Same game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, and a lot more. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. More legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KIM, K-E-I-M. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, so, but, but I agree with you on, on all that. And, you know, the other, the other part of it too, Graham, is when you look at like the run game and all that, and I think there's still a lot of room for improvement there. Yeah. But I like I the the versatility that they offer with like a guy like Curtis Samuel, and we're seeing what he we've we're, we've seen what he can do and what they missed in not having him last year. So there's a number of things here, and I think this is where I think Heineke has an advantage over. Wentz, uh, two two reasons why I think he has an advantage in general. One, I mean, three, he, the locker room loves him, all right? It's not an indictment of Wentz, but, like, it's read the room. Like, you, you can't you can't pull him out right now. And not when they're winning, specifically, too. Two other things. I actually think the offensive line's been better in recent weeks, and I want to point out a couple people specifically. Trey Turner has been very good since he got inserted back in as the right guard. He's had a couple weeks. Cornelius Lucas and Sam Cosme have been rotating. I'm not even totally sure what that's about, but both of them have been better than they were early in the season. And while I'm not pretending that their offensive line is a strength, it doesn't appear as vulnerable as it was in the past. But because there are vulnerabilities there, I think Heineke's motion forces teams to reconsider how much heat they're going to bring. They're not going to do it with Wentz. They're not going to be afraid of him escaping out of the pocket. And I landed on this a few weeks ago that their line just frankly to me isn't necessarily good enough to have a quarterback who has mobility problems and the third major thing that i think um that i think is a really big deal is and listen i know rivera got a lot of crap for this because of the way he said it when he said what's the difference early in the season between the giants cowboys and the eagles and he said quarterback and what he meant was a guy in the system longer guess who's been in the system longer guess who's right so like go watch these big plays that he's making like this is it's because he knows where he wants to go with the ball. He He's not afraid to stay in the pocket and take hits. I wish he would take less of them because he's not that big of a guy. He took one in the red zone the other day that I thought was totally unnecessary and was on him. And I want him to try to avoid some of that stuff. But he knows where the ball needs to go. And that's a sign of understanding the offense. So this consistently goes back for me to um, stop talking about what he's not. Go look at what he is. The guy's a winner. Um, he understands what's going on right now. The team really likes him. He doesn't need to be a captain. He is a heartbeat of this team. And frankly, it was funny. I was like, because you were talking about playoffs earlier, I looked up, like, you know, through the years, the championship teams, you know, look, like, not that I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but Joe Theismann was a punt returner. What's, what's your 19- temperature, Bram? Joe, Joe Theismann was a punt returner in 1974 and didn't become a starting quarterback until 1978. And Mark Rippon was a sixth-round pick who – hurt his knee and back and did not play in the NFL for two years. And then eventually became a backup to an aging Doug Williams. And then eventually became a starting quarterback. And nobody thought that he's going to be this, that, or the other thing. So I'm done putting anything past this guy. I don't care if it's pretty looking to you. It is to me. And I know he's coming through when he needs to come through. And isn't that all you want? 
The guy's winning and he's coming through in clutch moment after clutch moment after clutch moment. And I love the ride with him. Well, listen, and it's funny because that's what Rivera said after the game when we asked him, like, why? And he's like, winning. I mean, it was a very Charlie Sheen-like comment, but it's true. Like, they are winning. And, and there's sometimes, and even John Allen said when, you know, he John Allen loves to quote Nick Saban. And I don't blame him. I mean, Nick Saban kind of has a record of success. But one of the things he said is that Saban would always tell them the quarterback or the, the team chooses the quarterback. And it's really, how do you respond to a guy? And then he kind of said, you really can't explain it. it. It just is what it is. And I think that kind of sums up Heineke. You can't always explain it. And, you know, again, I don't, we don't need to get into flaws. I mean, there, we, we know, so, but, but there, but the team responds and, and they are winning. And one of the things that you can't underestimate, and this is why. Big Flamingo insurance. What do you want? Yeah. Can we get the auto insurance policy? Hello? Hello? You don't have to sacrifice service to save with NJM. I still see people saying they want to see Sam Holm. Like, you, what right. you want to see, what you want to see is a team that's winning. Like, Why are you what, worried about next year right now? Well, Stop, and I, like, it's that like, goes to the conversation of what's going to happen with Wentz. I don't care right ridiculous. It's a ridiculous, right it's a ridiculous angle to take but they'll the other deal thing with is the Wentz it, contract when they get there like right. they have a lot of options with it stop worrying about it right now well, Who cares? And I, but i also think like it's all well he's got this he's got this wrong you have to appreciate what goes into playing that position and if you're telling me that you think sam howell is better right now it's you're telling me that you don't understand the nuances of that and it can't just well you don't know well they do and part of and it's and i go back to heineke with this is that he understands this offense very well and he understands where he needs to go and when. His footwork matches up with the routes. You can see it. And so that stuff all matters. The operation, getting in and out of the huddle, all that stuff makes a difference. And so to expect someone else to go out there and do better, but that's one of the things that he really adds. Yeah. Um, you know, this, OG, this, this yeah. guy, OG DMV says, more than half the league doesn't have an elite quarterback. Try two-thirds. Oh, I think it's a way. It's more yeah. than two-thirds. A franchise quarters. quarterback is just the guy starting a quarterback. Nothing more, nothing less. TH is the guy until he's unsat. I totally agree with this. And I want to point yeah. out what's going on in the NFC right now. And I do think this is a very unusual year. And something's up with a lot of these teams. But Kyler Murray, who just got all this money, his team is underwater. Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense is completely broken. And they are completely underwater. I don't know what's going on with Green Bay either, but Aaron Rodgers is completely broken. I think we all understand that Brady's situation is very complicated and he may be there in the end anyway, but still they're not clicking like they had in the past. Here's what the playoffs look like right now. Jalen Hurts, who a year ago, people were wondering, can he be the guy? Dak Prescott, who's a mid-round pick, who's been you know dealing with, is he elite forever? Taylor Heineke, potentially. Daniel Jones right now would be in the playoffs right now. And every they didn't pick up and they're wondering what his future may be. On the outside looking in and right on the outside looking in are the two teams we're playing next week, Daniel Jones and Marcus Mariota. Okay, like Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the team that's probably going to win the NFC West. And if he doesn't, it's Geno Smith. You know what? Like, stop it. Look around the league right now. Are any of those people what you would call elite quarterbacks? They're not. So, like, I, I'm done talking about what he's not. I see what he is, and this is why I'm on this guy's side and have been for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, and someone else asked up here about, and it's funny, this is going back to the game just a little bit, but I saw it, and he's like, why were they so pass-heavy? Where was that question? 
asked about why were they so pass heavier on the game? Well, they weren't because three of the first six plays were runs, but where, where the difference came in that lat, the, the first scoring drive they had, it all started with play action off that. And which is, it's funny because even, I think I even tweeted, they need to go to play action on first down. They went to play action first down. It was the big pass to McLaurin. So, but they're not going to ever be a pass heavy team with, with, with Heineke, but they can be that way because I think he understands what he is. There are a couple of throws that he didn't make early in that game where Dotson is breaking open on one. I'm like, you got to throw that uh, Logan Thomas on another doesn't do it. But what I also, what I also wonder too, is did he see something or not see something that prevented him from throwing? He's like, if that's the case, then okay, you didn't force something, right? Even though they, they were open, I don't know what he was seeing. Um, but there were a couple of other times, Bram, that he did a good job just throwing the ball away and getting rid yeah. of the ball. And no, I think did. that's those those are big deals too. Yeah, two other things I want to point out from the game the other day, real quickly. Um, I love the way Brian Robinson ran the ball. He is not, I mean, granted, that's a bad rush defense. I thought they would be able to control the line of scrimmage again. Um, but Robinson had one of the best four-yard runs I think I've ever seen. Um, he gets forward yardage every yes. single time. He breaks a ton of tackles. He is not 100%. He told Julie this, and she talked about it on the broadcast over the weekend, that he is not 100%. Um, and But I loved the way he ran. There was a ferocity to the way he ran. I loved it. And the other person I want to point out, and I've seen this for a couple of weeks, um, is Logan Thomas looks like himself again. Physically, That's a big key. totally looks like himself again. Like, he could have had a couple of big plays in the Eagles game. They just didn't connect. He was the leading receiver this week. He made an incredible catch on the sideline. This is someone they're going to rely upon. And now seeing him block the last couple of weeks, I feel like we are, you know, looking at, you know, these guys, it takes a long time to recover from the injuries he had. He worked his tush off to get out there for week one. That was probably a little too soon. He re-injured himself. It took him time to get back up to speed. And this is the good news. Like, he looks like himself from a couple of years ago again. That is a really big deal to me. Like, I would say the same thing about, like, I always say this on my radio show all the time. I say, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. Right. Like, this game on Sunday... Washington was set up the way they were going, the way their defense was going. I knew that that was a possibility that that's how it was going to turn out because it was just primed and ready a great matchup. I also knew, having watched Philadelphia on Monday night, that they were going to struggle to score. Like, A.J. Brown got hurt in that Monday night game. He is not the same right now. Dallas Goddard got hurt. He is out for a month. Devontae Smith has a knee. Their best player on offense is Jason Kelsey, and he's beat up. Like, there's going to be a few weeks here. I think they have too much money in the bank. There's going to be a few weeks here where they don't score a lot and people are going to start questioning them. Oh, what's going on with them? Why are they broken? Well, they don't have their guys. Our guys are getting healthier again. Right. Trey Turner looks good again. Hopefully Cosme's feeling good really, really soon. Robinson's looking better and better. Logan Thomas looks like himself again. And I think this team largely has been pretty fortunate on injuries with a few notable exceptions. And, and I want to go back to Trey Turner because you're right. He has been, he's been much better lately. They still need to improve that interior of the line. But I also, Bram, going back to Cosme, his run blocking has been really good. Go back and watch. There was a run that Antonio Gibson had in the red zone. Where there were three tight ends set. Tight ends pull, come down, and really good blocking. And then Cosme blocks down. Then he goes and finds a linebacker. Then he goes and drives. You know, Gibson has this nice cut. Good vision, 
gets in there, and then Cosme comes flying and knocks him even further. So it's just like he adds something. But the whole thing with him is his hand is still recovering. It's still not 100. It's still like – I don't think he still has um, – I don't think it's still 100%. I think yeah. when that happens, you have to put him out there full time, but they're going to use him that now and their run game is better when he's in there. Cornelius Lucas has done a good job, but Cosme's strength is that run blocking. And I like the pairing of he and Turner in that situation. So as Cosme, uh, Tom Bacaro wants to know, as Cosme gets back to full strength, you think the screen game will get back into the game plan more? Maybe, but I think the hard part with those screens, what I like with their screen game is the tight end screens. Because it's not yep. as dependent on it's that's a little bit more fooling the eyes even more and yep. and sometimes the other ones I don't like their guards in space so even if Cosme's out there I don't I don't like their guards in space so I think that makes it tougher um, but I think the tight end screen will will be something Greg Dasher wants to know four and two or five and one is not impossible the way their defense is playing what do you think four and two to me I think that's possible, possible. listen I would say this. Someone else, LG L33 reacts says, need to focus on Atlanta and then worry about the Giants. Yeah. LOL. This would be a good game. And he's a thousand percent right. Atlanta yeah. plays games close. I have for my keys and predictions podcast over the weekend, Michael Rostein, our Falcons reporter on. He'll fill you in on the Falcons, get some intel on them, but they do play close games. However, the way this defense is playing, I yes, I could see here's the scenario, Bram. You you beat the Falcons, you split with the Giants, you got the Browns. Then you got to split with the Cowboys. And, and and then, like, we don't know. Like, the Cowboys might be resting their starters at the end you of the year. Yeah. So, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, like, well, think about this stuff for a second. I mean, like, I always feel like this team gets just rooked on scheduling all the time. But, like, in this particular case coming up, um, they're going to play the Giants in New York. Then they're going to get a bye week. And then they're going to play the Giants again. But the Giants don't have a bye week. Right. <laughs> Hello. Like, not only do they get a week off, they don't have to even prepare for a new team. Like, that should be a break at home, I would hope. But again, like to your point, this is the way I feel about it. It's a week-to-week thing. You don't know what the injuries are. You don't know what kind of health they're going to be in. So let's see. Well, and and you know, it's funny, Brand, because you know who brought that up to me today? My wife on our walk this morning with our dog. She's like, well, that's an advantage for them because the Giants, you know. So people, I think, are starting to get excited. But again, Sunday, you got to win that game at home. And I think people get excited. Nathaniel Roberts wants to know, with Payne playing so well, do you think they will resign him? Well, listen, the reason they didn't trade him is because they still want to take a shot at resigning him. So, and we've talked about this before, a little bit of that will depend on what happens with Wentz because if Wentz isn't here, it opens up a lot of cap room depending what they do at quarterback. They still have to resign Heineke. He's not going to be this expensive guy to sign. So I think some of that depends. I know they want to try and keep him. Ron Rivera does a weekly show with um, NBC Sports Washington and J.P. Finley and or NBC NBC. And he brought that up with them on what's today, Tuesday, maybe yesterday. And he said that they want to they want to make running, but I but I already knew that. I know that's why they didn't trade him. So I do think they see the value in that. So it's gonna buckle your seatbelts on that one. I don't know what's gonna happen. I think if they gave him John Allen money, he probably would do it. And that's it's you know, I think they were reluctant to do that before, but it's like the contract is gonna be almost two years old. It's, so I think there's a there's a definite path to keeping him. They see the value of that. And then you get guys like next year, if you keep him young, healthy, Montez Sweat, you you got, you know, John Ridgway, Mr. WWE, and then you got um, Mathis coming back. You you still have a strong line. So Yeah, they're going to have to deal with Cole Holcomb as well. He's going to be a free agent. And um, they are going to be 
And here's the one I want them to get ahead of. I th- Cam Curl has another year left on yes. his contract. Put money in front of him now. It's crazy not to just get him done. Get him done. Yeah. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Get him done. He is. He is. I think he's a big key to what they do back there because he is, again, versatility. You see him playing deep. You see him playing up. It's and it, you see him covering receiver. I just I love watching him. There were there was a play in the in the red zone that he made the other day, and it's simply because he's in the right spot. He does, his eyes don't get fooled that much. But it's it was um a little it was going to be a little throwback, little boot action throwback to the tight end. But Curl doesn't bite on the action. Is sitting there, the tight end's there, and they and Davis Mills has to throw it away. You see that stuff with him all the time. It's not a huge play in the stat sheet, but it's forced because you're in the right spot at the right time. So, yep. all right, Bram. Well, we're going to close it up here. We got two more minutes. Um, you got some final thoughts for for tonight? And I really, you know, on? everybody's going to be home this weekend. You know, spending time with their families. I hope um, come to the stadium, support this team. Like the energy has been largely pretty good, but you all know what the situation has been with opposing fans coming in. Um, I don't think that's necessary here. And if you're not on with the momentum of this team right now, um, I, you're missing out. Like this is a fun ride. So I'm really hoping that I see FedEx Field in a way I haven't seen in a little while um, and, you know, get part of this. And then outside of that, like, happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody has an awesome holiday this week, and I look forward to the game on Sunday. And happy Thanksgiving takes on a different meaning this time. (laughs) But (laughs) By the way, someone said, is John Allen playing at all pro level? Yes, he is. I think Deron Payne is pretty damn close as well. Uh, I think that John Allen is is the best player at his position this year. I agree. And the one thing, one of the things that I really like, I want to point this out, is because there was so much focus on those two guys, their their beef in the Dallas game and all that. And then you see after, during the game, their shake celebration and all that. There's... There's a there is a chemistry there. I don't they're not necessarily super, super tight, but they but they played together for so long. There's a chemistry that exists there. And um, you know, I think that stuff is good to see, but he is playing a good at a high level. And then Greg says Sap and Coach Z got the D-line humming. Sap was only here for a short time. This is this is uh Scanina and this is Ryan Kerrigan, too. I think I think that makes a difference, but I do think that coaching change has helped that defensive line. Anyway, my last thought is the same as you, Bram. I think this one thing that I was impressed with last week is the way they came out and just completely dominated Houston in that first half. And it was the exact right approach. If they continue to take that approach, then they're going to be in good shape. So, and I think it starts Sunday, but again, like I think, and I'm sure you talk to people too, you talk to a lot of fans too, on the plane and in the hotels or whatever, that people just want to be excited again about this team. Winning at Sunday at home, I think we're going to see one of the better atmospheres that we've seen in a while because I think people are starting to say, maybe, just maybe, you can kind of attach yourself to them. This is a big deal. This year. Yeah. You lose this game, you're you're kind of playing behind the eight ball against Atlanta as a wild yes, card. Yes, absolutely. Atlanta, you know, they oddly have a shot at their division because of what's yeah. going on with um, – with uh with the Buccaneers, you know, like we don't have that luxury. So it's a really, really, really big deal this weekend. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And they are explosive. And the only thing I could say at this point about them is if we give Cordero Patterson a kick return, we have made a big mistake. <laughs> well, see, but this it goes back, yes, and it goes, yeah, yeah. You're a thousand percent right. But this goes back, their coverage has been really good. And but yes, kick it the hell out of the end zone. And right. I think you'll be okay. But Lots, lots to discuss about that the rest of the week. I'll have the keys and predictions on 
Saturday morning, I think it is, Friday, Saturday morning, whatever it is. Logan Paulson's on the podcast. It was up today. The video will be up on YouTube on Wednesday morning. Check out Between the Hashes. It's my son's weekly look at the big college football games of the week. That'll be out Wednesday. A lot of good stuff out there, Bram. And it's fun to be talking about something that is on the field when we're in late November. And hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Bram for playing Hurt. Again, I'll be back. I think it's on Friday, maybe, with Keys and Predictions. So I will talk to you next time.